What's going on, everybody? This episode of the podcast is brought to you by my friends at Black Rifle Coffee Company. BRCC, right here on the hat. For those of you not listening, I need you to go right now to BlackRifleCoffee.com and get you some of America's coffee. Shut up. Stop drinking communist coffee and contributing to abortion through Starbucks, etc. Go get a veteran-run organization that has actually made it to all the haters out there. Go get America's Coffee and support them by going to BlackRifleCoffee.com right now. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. America, what up, what up, what up, what up, what up? All right, uh, we got a lot of things to talk about, <clears throat> uh, and we're going to jump right into it here. Uh, first of all, I just want to say, oop, we got to take this label off because of uh, sponsors. Uh-oh. <laughs> water. It's water. Came straight out of the tap. Don't worry about it. Anyway, <laughs> uh, so I went to the DMV today. Actually, I got two stories to tell you. Ooh, the DMV is a fun place. So I went to the DMV today. Okay, go to the DMV. I'm trying to do my job as a tax-paying citizen. Okay, so we got a new vehicle for the company. We got to pay the taxes on it so we can get a tag, et cetera, et cetera. Ladies and gentlemen, if you have any faith remaining in Americans in your heart at all, you will lose it dealing with the entire process that goes along with getting a tag your vehicle um so i go up and and i don't know how it is in every state but here in south carolina you got to go to the tax ex, uh, tax assessor's office okay first um and so you go to the tax assessor's office and then you got to go to the tax assessor booth first they get they take the paperwork they determine how much money you can pay, and then you pay them, and then they give you a slip saying that you paid it to walk a mere 15 feet into another line that is the tax collector's office. Why they can't do two in the same spot is beyond me. Oh, no, that's a lot of work. It would seem like it would go a lot quicker if we did it the other way. So you go in the tax collector line, you pay the bill, and they don't give you your tag. No, sir. Then you got to take all that stuff you just did. Then you got to take it to the DMV because that's where you get your tag. Um, <clears throat> so I get to the DMV today and some of you may work at the DMV. And I'm not saying that everyone is like this, but I am not not saying that most people that work in the DMV are like this. Uh, what? Who hurt you? Who hurt you 
to make you want to go work at the DMV? Do know, you man. do you hate your spouse? Uh, <laughs> were your parents abusive to you? And I'm not making light of any of those. I'm asking serious questions. Who are these people whose sole job is to ruin your day and ruin your life? I have it. it it's crazy. I'm there to give you money. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, and you act like I'm causing you some kind of problem. So I get there to the DMV. I wait for my number to be called and I go to line 12 and I don't know this woman's name. I hope I never meet this woman again. I have never been, I have never lost more faith in human society than I did during this interaction. So We bought our vehicle out of state. I don't know if you've noticed there's a shortage of vehicles around here. So our vehicle came from the state of Georgia. So they brought the vehicle over and then they send the paperwork for you to be able to go and tag it. Okay. With that, they send uh, the contracts you signed for how much it was. They send the title that the vehicle's currently in in the state. And then they send you a check, right? For like sales taxes for the state. Okay. I'm going somewhere with this. I hand the lady all the stuff, okay? She looks at me like I'm crazy. She she goes through the paperwork, and she starts looking through the title application for South Carolina, which the dealership filled out. I didn't do that. I'm not trying to sound arrogant or clout or anything like this. We buy vehicles and switch vehicles out all the time. And Zach, you're in trouble because I found out as it, you can go do this. And so I'm going to stop doing this. I didn't oh. realize that people that work with me could go do this as well. I'm not going no, back ever again. Like <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it again. This Mm-mm. woman goes, uh, what's your what's your customer number with us? And I said, ma'am, I, I, I don't know. Well, my customer number is with you guys. We have multiple vehicles through you guys. Just look up the name. So she types in the name, can't find the name. Do you have a of federal course. ID number? I'm like, yeah, I got a federal ID number. I give her the federal ID number because I know that. And she goes, oh, there you are. Uh, there's a comma in it. And she looked at me like I was the moron. I was like, well, there's not a comma in the actual business name. So sounds like you guys put the comma in it. <laughs> if, if, if you That's ask, their problem. if you ask me. And um, anyway, so we get through that little debacle. Everything's fine. And she goes, "Oh no!" And I was like, "Okay, what?" She goes, "Well, they've got your financial institution for the financing of the bank. It's Alley Financial." I was like, "Yeah, you know, it's pretty pretty big bank, right? Yeah. Pretty big yeah. bank, especially for cars, right?" Yeah. She goes, "Yeah, well, the address they put on the form." You know, we don't have that address. And I even look at her as a rational, sane human being, and I go, well, it's one of the biggest banks in the country, especially for vehicles. I'm pretty sure they have, like, multiple locations. Anyway, and so finally I look at her, I'm like, ma'am, I I really don't think it matters. And she goes, well, (laughs) if we don't put down the right address for this financial institution, it could mess you up. And And I looked at her, and I, in my mind, I was like, I don't think that's true. I'm pretty sure that that's not going to like mess up me getting the title one day if yeah. we paid it off or, or, or anything like that. In fact, I'm pretty sure that Alley Financial doesn't even really care uh, what address you put down as long as you pay them on the internet uh, your note. But either way, yeah. I didn't say those things. I'm trying to be nice and everything, but but I'm becoming more and more agitated. 
this is a long story because this is the DMV. It's not. It's not over yet. <laughs> Nothing this is, short happened. This to the was DMV. the whole interaction. I have aged six years since this morning. I can tell. And it. Th- thank you. Anyway, uh, then we get to. She's going through the application. She goes. Well, they didn't put a purchase price down, and she has to call the manager over. And she's like, what do I do if they don't put a purchase price down? And they're like, well, just have him write what he bought it for. I was like, ma'am, I don't, I, I don't, I don't remember what we bought it for. The, like I said, it's a company vehicle, right? Like we trade these things out every 18 months or two years. I don't know. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I don't know. And she's like, she's like, they didn't give you a purchase, uh, you know, a, a proof of purchase. And I said, ma'am, I said, I've already handed you the contract. Um, I'm pretty sure that the pricing is is in the contract and she shovels around the papers and then she realizes, Oh, it's in her copier tray where she made a copy already of the thing. And she's like, yeah, well, there's no, there's no purchase price on here. And I look at it and, and I pull it out on my side and I look at it and it's for any of you who have ever bought a car ever, it tells you how much the vehicle is, how much sale taxes are, uh, how much, I don't know if you get a protection plan or whatever. And then at the very bottom of that page, it says balance due on it. It's the very last thing, like at the very bottom of the page. It just says it right there in black and white. And 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 the weirdest part is the part that says balance due is actually in bold letters, almost as if they want you to naturally be able to find where it is. But it said balance, didn't say money or anything. So it threw her off. I, I, I'm not done. Sorry, sorry. So I'm like, well, ma'am, you know, this says balance due, so I'm pretty sure. And and to be fully transparent here, okay, we have businesses. Each business has, you know, vehicles attached to it for jobs attached to it. I don't know exactly how much every vehicle is purchase price, okay? I mean, I just don't. I mean, you know, we trade out for like-kind vehicles every time for newer vehicles. Like, I I don't, I don't know. Like, you know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm the business owner, which is why I'm glad I found out that I don't have to do this anymore. I think you should still do it though. But either way, I'm like, ma'am, I'm not a hundred percent sure, but I feel like this is a really good starting place of, you know, like a good estimate of, you know, what we purchase this vehicle for she's like well you know i I just i I don't know if that's what that means and i was like i think that's what it means and she said (laughs) i well you know i mean uh, you know you you would think that's what it means but i don't exactly know that's what it means and i was like well i'm pretty sure that the balance due means that's what it is. I mean, I think we're saying, you know, the same thing here. I think that's what it means. She goes, I'm not sure that's what it means. I'm like, I, ma'am, I really believe I'm, this is real. This is what happened today, ma'am. I think this is what it means. Okay. And she's like, all right, well, I'm just going to have you write it in. I'm not going to type it in that way. It's not on me. If it's wrong. I was like, I feel comfortable enough to take that risk, I will write it in this box. And I did say that. I I did say that. It's like, I feel comfortable enough that I think we're going to do this. And then I think we're done. I think we're done. I, you know, it's time. She's like, okay, total due. And she's like, ooh, uh, you got a late fee of $50. I was like, yes, ma'am, I'm aware. I've been out of town and stuff like that. She goes, oh, okay, 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 good. The company, the dealership sent a check. For like $538 or whatever, like it's for the sales tax, right? Like that's Mm -hmm. what happens when you buy out of state. 
She's like, they really should have paid the fifty dollars. Don't you go to ad break, Zach? No, 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 no. I've got a sound effect. This I got a sound is effect ready. The important part of the story. This is the encapsulation of it all. So I'm thinking in my mind, okay, fifty bucks, no big deal, yeah. whatever. She goes through the process. It's finally time. She stamps the back of the check, getting ready to deposit it and whatever. And I'm getting my card out and whatnot. And she goes, whoa, are you paying with a card? Oh, no. And I said, well, there's a card reader right here. So, yeah, I, yeah, I, you know, I don't. This is in 19. I didn't say this, but in my mind, I was like, this is in 1950. I don't carry a, a pocketbook, <laughs> you know, around with cash or check in this thing. She goes, ooh. I'm not able to separate. I'm not able to cash this check and then you pay the balance left over. Um, you're going to have to go back to the dealership and tell them to write another check or, or you're just going to have to pay all of it. And I said, I said, ma'am, I said, you have a check right there from the dealership for $538. And you say, I owe you $50 for a late fee. I said, and I did say this, as God is my witness, this is 2022. Are we sure? And I didn't say it disrespectfully. It was just, are you sure that Bill Gates and all these other people did not figure out by now in all the technology that are in these computers? <laughs> To be able to separate, to take this check, put it to the price, and then you have a balance left over, then I just pay that balance. She says, no, we can't do that. I said, are you sure? Because on my calculator, on my phone, I can do these things, um, and that's on my phone. So I feel like if I can do it on a phone, then surely the DMV can figure this out. Oh, they out. operate like 50 years behind. And she looked at me like I was an idiot. And she said, sir, I cannot separate this $538 check and then the $50 late fee. And I was like, well, that's a problem because the car's got to go down the road today into another state. I can't have it riding around with no tag. And she stares at me as though I have a metaphorical penis on my forehead. And finally, I was just like, you know what? Fine. I guess I will just pay it. So I end up paying the entire thing, and she hands me the check made out to the DMV back like I'm supposed to be able to do something with that check. And so I end up walking out of there with the freaking tag to the car. I done paid 700 and something dollars on taxes, and then I had to pay the entirety of the sales tax uh, at the DMV because the DMV is incapable of separating a check and then the balance left. And now I have a $538 check from the dealership made out to the South Carolina Department of Motor Vehicles that I cannot cash to make up for the money that I just spent. I hope the DMV burns to the ground and society is worse off for even having to listen to this story. That was your point to... Hit something you missed. Oh, it. no. Well, like, it didn't go with what you were saying just then. Uh, I should have done it earlier. You could have done the applause. I'm I, irritated now. I don't even want to do the rest of the show. I, I don't. I I'm don't sorry, want, Graham. I don't want to do the show anymore.
because of this experience in my life. And I ain't even told you about the chick at the gas pump yet. It's been quite a day. Wait, so there's two stories. There's two stories, but we got to get into a sponsor this time. (laughs) You know what's never good? When your nation's supposed authority on economic policy completely misses the flashing red lights of impending inflation. Now, Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen has finally admitted there have been unanticipated and large shocks to the economy that have boosted energy and food prices and supply bottlenecks that affected our economy badly that I didn't at the time fully understand. Well, you know, Janet, who did understand, that would be real Americans and the people who invested in gold and silver with Birch Gold Group. They're protecting your savings from a highly turbulent economy by diversifying their 401k or IRA into gold, physical gold. And it's not too late for you to take action now. Text the word Graham, that's G-R-A-H-A-M, to 989898 and get a free info kit on diversifying and protecting your savings with precious metals. With an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau, countless five-star reviews, and thousands of satisfied customers. Text the word Graham, that's G-R-A-H-A-M, to 989898 for a free, no-obligation info kit now. All right, so story number two for the day. Oh, here we go. Brace yourselves, people. I'm braced. Um, yeah. Okay, so th- so today, and I tried to make a video about it, and Facebook deemed it restricted content. Mm. So um, I'm just going to tell you the story. Just going to tell you the story of what happened. So um, I drive a very specific looking truck mm-hmm. um it it's very nice it's a it's a very unique looking truck i've never seen another one like it um it is it looks like a humvee like 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 the color pattern everything like yes yeah. it's, it's this very unique looking truck um and, and everywhere i go everywhere i go at least six or seven people every day. True or false, Zach? You've been riding around with it. everyone. He gets compliments. Everybody compliment or like a whoa, like every time, like 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 every day, somebody says something about the truck, right? It's a cool truck. And I know it sounds like I'm bragging, but no, go with me here. There's a point. So I'm at the gas station getting diesel because it's a diesel truck. So you know. It hurts every time I'm at the gas pump. So I'm already in a bad mood because I know I have to go to the DMV. Thank God this didn't happen after the DMV. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Maybe it would have been may, better. <laughs> no, because I may have ended up on the news at that point. So anyway, so I'm filling up my truck, and there's this little kid with his mom. I'm assuming it's his mom. I don't know genders. Uh, you know, I don't want to assume. Yeah, how dare you assume, Graham? Maybe she's a, a snail, a unicorn, a piece of tree bark. I don't know. A toenail of the devil. I have no idea. But this woman, <laughs> this woman. You got me off guard with that last I'm one. assuming is a woman. I will give her credit. She chose life. The child is alive, so good for her in that regard. Yes. Okay, so credit where it's due. Anyway, I'm pumping gas at the pump. <clears throat> I don't like to look around when I'm pumping gas because that just leads to people wanting to talk to you. And I just, you know, when I'm, I am a introverted extrovert. I turn it on when I need to turn it on. But other than that, I don't really like people too much. I just, I just don't really like people. So anyway, I'm pumping gas. I hear the kids say, Mom, look at that truck or whatever. And then I hear this woman go, no, baby, that's, that's, that's an American Nazi. Just like that. She didn't say it loud, but 
but audibly enough to where I did hear it with my back turned. Because like I said, when I pump gas, I look straight at the pump, at the nozzle attached to the truck. I don't pay attention to nobody else. Because the truth is, 98% of the time, if people recognize who I am, it's good interactions. 2% of the time, I get called an American Nazi, apparently. And so this woman, this woman had on pajama pants. Um, and big fluffy slippers. I don't want to profile this person, but they looked as though that woman that is at the DMV all the time and you don't know what they're doing there. You know, those people, like those yes, weird people, yes. maybe they've got a drug addiction. Would she be at Walmart at like 11 o'clock at night? That May- kind of- yeah, you know, just wandering around, not uh, not doing anything. In <laughs> fact, they weren't even getting gas. The car was, maybe they had just gotten gas and now they were just hanging out, but there was no hose attached to the car and they were just kind of just chilling, I guess. I don't know. That's weird. Maybe they're waiting on his dad to pick him up. I have no idea. The point is, I hear this and I just remember thinking to myself like, you know, what, the fact that that gets those two words together in the first place is crazy to me. American Nazi, like Americans freedom kicked Nazi Germany in the face for people like that to be morons. And I don't know, man, it it just, it's one of those things where like, if, if, if I were to say something like that to somebody, I mean, I would be obliterated in in the news and in everything. I'd be absolutely obliterated. But, but the people, like if I, if I were to say, um, Oh, that's a sinner over there. That's a sinner right there. That's a sinner. You see that person right there, son? That's a sinner. Oh, you get called out. Yeah. But they can go, Ooh, buddy, that that's, that's an American Nazi, you know, you, you, you mm. get, you know, but, and that's okay. And, um, I, you know, I get it. Freedom of speech and all that stuff, but we do have freedom of speech, which is absolutely important. I 100% believe in absolute freedom of speech, whether good or bad. I'm not mad that she said it. I'm mad that we have freedom of speech without equality of outcome. That's what I have yeah. a problem with. We have freedom of speech without an equality of outcome. Mike, uh, Mike Tyson said it best, is we live in a generation where people have forgotten what it feels like to get punched in their mouth for saying something that they probably shouldn't have said. And so now we live in a generation where people just pop off at the mouth with whatever they want to say with no fears of repercussions of any kind. The, the freedom First Amendment protects your right to say whatever you want to say. I'm not necessarily sure it protects your rights for repercussions of things uh, that you want to say. And I'm not talking about government repercussions. I'm not talking about uh, uh, police repercussions. I'm talking about the legitimate, what did you just say? Type something. Now, this is a woman. I would never do anything. Well, I don't know. It could have been a man. But either way, uh, never know. It's 2022. I would never do anything like that. But I grew up in the generation that if you were in a bar or something and you said something to the wrong dude, you might get popped in the mouth or you might get a beer bottle broke across your head. I mean, you know, and yeah. you know what happened? No, they said nothing. They're like, well, you know, it's just the way it was. I remember back in the day in school, fight, fight, fight. Like you let people work it out, man. You let people do what they had to do. We're raising a generation where people can say whatever they want to say and there's no repercussions for their actions. And what that's leading to is it's going to lead to an even worse generation. I can't even imagine what the next generation is going to look like. Like it's, that they might as well be aliens 
to what we currently know as a human species and a society. So anyway, uh, that was my, that was my morning. It is, uh, now 11 o'clock here. Um, I've had quite a day, <laughs> quite a day that already. Is a, that is and, quite a day. And we are, we're we filming now. And so, uh, yeah, anyway, um, I feel like I've talked for a long time just talking about my morning. Um, <clears throat> but I do not apologize. Um, and, uh, yeah. So if we have to have two episodes from today, then we might just have to have a continued Friday from this, uh, if we go over time too much, because we actually do have a lot of things to talk about. I just had to tell you those stories. I had to tell you those stories. So anyway, okay. Uh, let's get into another sponsor and then we'll get into it. All right. We have recently had some huge wins for truth in the American family. It feels like the pendulum may be swinging back to that time of great American values. And the center of that change has to be the family, your family. Ronald Reagan once said, all great change in America starts at the dinner table. There's no company doing more to help you bring your family and friends to the table than Good Ranchers. Good Ranchers delivers a 100% American meat experience to your door. They guarantee you meat that is born, raised, and harvested here in the U.S. so that you know where it comes from and who you are supporting. You're already buying meat, so why not buy in the way that strengthens the American farm? Your country and taste buds will thank you not only that i personally eat it all the time it is a mainstay at my house and we use it and eat it every just about every single day <laughs> make sure to use my code graham that's g-r-a-h-a-m to get 30 dollars off your order plus get free express shipping you can make gatherings at the table common again with good ranchers take advantage of this offer before it's gone go to goodranchers.com slash graham to start bringing people to the table creating change in america and eating seriously delicious food from good ranchers all right, so up first, uh, Jill Biden, everybody's seen it by now, um, you know, basically called Hispanics breakfast tacos. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. I mean, I mean, there's really no way to, uh, to, to go about it, but New York Post, New York Post is now reporting that uh, the first lady has officially uh, issued an apology. Actually, actually, it doesn't say that she issued an apology. It says <laughs> Jill Biden forced to apologize after uh, saying Latinos are unique as breakfast tacos. <laughs> First of all, are breakfast tacos really that unique anymore? I don't think they are. I'm pretty sure Sonic's been doing like breakfast burritos and stuff for a long time. Like I, I well, I guess breakfast tacos might be unique. Wait, do I don't breakfast tacos exist? I don't think. I don't, I don't think, think I've ever had a breakfast taco. I've had a breakfast burrito. Um, but either way, what a what a racist comment. <laughs> I mean, imagine I mean, if Trump would have said that. People, well, Trump got in. So I'm glad you brought that up. So Trump got in all this trouble when he was running uh, mm. for that infamous picture on Cinco de Mayo where he's eating like that that taco bowl or whatever. You know where they got like the shell. Oh, yeah. Got all yeah. The taco stuff. He's eating it. It's just a picture of him saying, you know, I love Mexicans <laughs> or something like that. You, it's just it's just a photo and we'll pop it up right here. But you guys remember that infamous photo? And it was basically like, I love Mexicans on Cinco de Mayo. 
whatever. And people lost their minds. They're like, oh my God, that's racist. You can't say stuff like that, which I didn't think it was racist. I love Mexican food, you know? Yeah. Uh, dude, I just had it yesterday. I heard, I heard a comedian one time. It's like, most people don't know the difference between Latinos, Puerto Ricans, Mexicans. They got no clue. They're like, but Mexicans are better because ask them what their favorite food is. They said, oh, they don't like Cuban food. It's not Puerto Rican food. It's, no, it's Mexican. <laughs> and, and so she was like, he was like, Mexicans are better. And uh, anyway, I agree. I love Mexican food, too. That's oh, yeah, not a racist great. thing to say. But Jill Biden saying that Latinos are as unique as breakfast tacos. I don't know if she was trying to say that's a good thing. I don't know if she was trying to say maybe she's never met a Latino before. It's and quite it's, possible she has it's not. It's like a great white buffalo or something. I don't know. And, and anyway, <laughs> I just think it's hilarious that New York Post says she was forced, forced. to apologize. And it says, uh, it goes on to say, quote, the first lady apologizes that her words conveyed anything but pure admiration and love for the Latino community. <sighs> so in other words, she didn't say, crap, this is somebody else. Uh, saying this, uh, a lot of people said we're not tacos. <laughs> I, if I wasn't on a diet, I would eat a taco today and a burrito and beans and rice. Dude, and we all should have had you stuff. eat a taco as part of the show. We should create the perfect breakfast taco. Oh, this is a recipe. I just saw it. Because I have never had a breakfast taco. I've had a breakfast burrito before. But anyway, Jill Biden, uh, Joe Biden, both racist. We all know it. Um, believe me, as Trump would say. Um, <laughs> okay, so let's uh, let's go into this here a little bit here. So this is an interesting report. Um, New York Post is reporting this. Uh, literally, and now I want you, when I say this, I want you to remember that President Trump is still permanently banned from Twitter and was banned from Twitter whilst being the sitting president of the United States. Okay. Just to bring a little context, the title of this article from the New York post says Twitter went easy on Trump because it enjoyed the power of his tweets. Ex employees say Twitter went easy on Trump Twitter, but Trump is still permanently banned and was banned while being the sitting president of the United States. I feel like permanently being suspended is probably the worst punishment you can get. These are what these people, it, it, they literally go on to say, uh, it says Twitter executives relished and enjoyed the power that Donald Trump's tweets conferred on the social media site and otherwise would have cracked down on him sooner during his presidency. I feel like they relished their own power. They cracked because... down on Trump a lot. If Trump were any other user, he would have been banned from the site well before the U.S. Capitol riots. The anonymous former employee of Twitter said during testimony on Tuesday. Well, this goes with what we've been saying for a long time. Uh, Donald Trump wasn't your normal user, right? And especially at the time, he was the president of the United yeah. States. Um, Twitter allows a bunch of other world leaders who do horrific, atrocious acts to just freely go about Twitter. So, I mean, what are we actually talking about here? I, I think that this is the delusion that these people are under. You literally, Twitter, Facebook, all of you, you banned a sitting president of the United States. How is that going easy on anyone? 
And also, I still argue the fact that you should have the authority to ban the president of the United States from speaking in the first place. But but anyway, I digress. That's that's the world uh, we live in here. Okay. This one, um, also New York Post, this one might get us into a bit of trouble, but we need to talk about this. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Okay, so um, this is, uh, it's something that really, well, basically, this is the title. New York Post, I'm a non-binary dad, and I came out to my kids when they saw me in a dress. Okay, that's the the title of this. And it says, uh, a father of two has told his young children that he is non-binary after they saw photos of him wearing a dress. Dave Moore, 40, decided to disclose his true identity to his five-year-old and eight-year-old daughter on Saturday after attending the Bristol Pride Parade. Uh, Oh, this is in England. Okay, but still. I think it's relevant to what's going on in America as well. Uh, Moore had already come out to his partner, um, Alex. And so is that a, a dude? I guess it's maybe a girl named Alex. Okay. So, okay. So this is, okay. This is what I'm talking about. So this is two dads, two kids. And then the dad comes out to their kids as non-binary at the same time, this is another one of those riddles. So these are two gay dudes that end up with two kids, but now one of them identifies as non-binary, but him being non-binary is because he dresses up like a woman as seen in this photo right here. So he is a homosexual drag queen and then that makes him non-binary. And his partner is just a homosexual, but now he's a partner with a non-binary drag queen homosexual. Do I'm you, confused. Do you understand why kids can't, like, why? I, I don't, I don't get it. Like, I feel like, I feel like, I feel like this is the common core math of relationships. You know what I mean? Like, like who is that comedian? He said, you know, math used to be an example of this. Like, oh, uh, somebody knocks on your door. You open the door and they're like, can I come inside? And you're like, yeah, sure. That's normal math or normal relationships. Nowadays, people knock on your front door. You're like, they're like, can, can I come inside? And you're like, sure. But, but you got to go around the back, hop the fences, go through the bush, come through the back door, but the back door is locked. So you got to climb the scaffolding to go up through the top right window that the latches broke on, go through that, walk down the stairs, then meet me back here. And then you can come inside. That's common core math. And that's the relationships that we're in today. We got people that are just jumping through all these things to end up back where they actually wanted to start in the first place. Because the truth of the matter is, people are so confused about who they who they are because they're not actually con- confused about who they are. They're confused about uh, the, the the status of their soul. And these are depressed people. These are, Mm -hmm. these are not well individuals. Um, people always want to talk about, uh, suicide rates with transgenderism and all this stuff. That's because they were depressed before all this happened. And these desperate people 
are looking for a way to 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 fix this mental issue. I have anxiety. I take medication to help with my anxiety. I got no problems talking about that. I have a I have a chemical hormonal imbalance due to stress and all this other kind of stuff. You can talk about war or whatever it is. Either way, the point is I still take medicine for it because I have an internal issue that needs to be fixed. Why are we not, why are we so afraid to talk to some of these people and be like, hey, you know, maybe you shouldn't like cut all your genitals and stuff off. Just maybe there's something else going on first. But either way, you know, I'm the bigot, right? You know, like I'm the, I'm the crazy one uh, in this regard, um, even though all DSM-5s and all, you know, psychiatry and everything says that children that have a man and a woman, a husband and a, fa- a husband and a wife, a mom and a dad in the home have the best chance of success in life. I mean, it, that is, that is, it is unquestioned. Yeah. All the data, it is it is non-debatable at all. Well, I was raised by a single mom and I'm fine. Are you? Are you really? I come from a broken home. I come from a broken home, so I'll go to bat with this all day. I come from a broken home, okay? Uh, all of you is like, oh, I was raised by my mom and I'm fine. Or, oh, I was raised by this and I'm fine. No, you're not. You're a liar. You're a liar. You are a liar. I came from a broken home. All this stuff. I'm not Okay. I, I still to this day struggle with with all kinds of stuff because it's just the way that it is. Now, I'm not saying that you can't overcome those things. Yeah. But but there's still scars. There's still emotional or physical or whatever it may be. There's still weights and burdens that you have to carry. And yes, through God's grace and all this stuff, we can overcome. But that does not mean that we have something to overcome because we weren't brought up the way that it was actually intended to be, and so therefore it has left a lasting scar, either physically, emotionally, or spiritually, we have to carry for the rest of our lives. Shut up. You're lying. You are lying. You're lying. It's not true. Tra- you know, trauma comes in all different forms and fashions. Trauma can come from a, a, a violent event. Trauma can come from a series of events over time. I mean, trauma is trauma. Okay. Your parents separating. That's trauma to a kid. It's trauma that you live with for forever. You always have to live with that. Even if you become okay with it, eventually you still have to live with it. Anyway, I'm just saying I'm the bigot. <laughs> I'm I'm the bigot. I'm the bigot. Um, okay, let's talk about some good news here. <clears throat> uh, st- <laughs> I love this. Starbucks <laughs> is forced to close 16 U.S. stores because of crime and rampant drug use. <laughs> like within their own employees? No, like in the places that they're located. Oh uh, where 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 are these where are these places? <laughs> Uh, it says uh, 16 store locations nationwide after store managers reported a surge in drug use among customers and outsiders, as well as an increase in crime in certain areas has led to Starbucks um, closing down. Six Starbucks locations will be closed in the company's hometown of Seattle. Oh, of course. <laughs> so six of them are going to be closed in Seattle. Um, I'll take 
what happens when we allow rampant drug use and rampant crime to go around in Oregon or, or Washington and, uh, and the surrounding areas of Oregon and whatnot? Uh, you can't operate a business. Crime actually continues. Oh, don't these places also have like really, really, really strict gun laws and stuff in place mm-hmm. too? Oh, I wonder if there's a correlation with any of these things. It's very interesting, Probably not. Bob. I'm Six joking. more will be shuttered in the Los Angeles metro area. Go freaking mm, figure. Interesting how it's in these kind of cities. Oh, two restaurants will cease operating in Portland, Oregon. Didn't Oregon just make like all drugs not illegal <laughs> to like just crack cocaine, whatever. doesn't matter. Just, well, yeah. Isn't Oregon also where people just decided like, oh, this is our land now yeah. and we're going to do this? I guess we call it Oregon failure. Uh, let's see. One store will close in Philadelphia and one in Washington, D.C. Store managers have complained to the company executives that employees have not felt safe amid a surge of assaults thefts and drug use in and or around each location. Okay. Now I'm not making light of assault and stuff. What are people stealing out of Starbucks? (laughs) Like, like, you know what I'm saying? Like coffee addiction. Like, I mean, if they don't brew the coffee, there's nothing to steal, right? Like you steal in the coffee. If you're homeless or a rampant drug user, do you have like a, like a, frappuccino machine lying around like i'm being for real i'm not even trying to be funny at this point i'm being serious who is stealing stuff out of starbucks 98 percent of starbucks sales are electronic through credit cards what are you stu- what are you laughing at i'm just thinking of a homeless guy with a frappuccino machine outside <laughs> that's, what I, that's what i'm asking like what are you what are you stealing out of starbucks the milk maybe i might be homeless but i got a freaking frappuccino and a blueberry muffin <laughs> I'm just oh. asking, what are you stealing at a Starbucks? That's all I'm asking. I just, because <laughs> I feel like most of the things, if you can't refrigerate it and or you can't bake it and or you can't brew it, it really doesn't do you a whole lot of good. <laughs> so maybe there's some homeless people that got some, 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 we need a, we need a new show called Pimp My Tent. <laughs> homeless people rocking these tents. <laughs> <laughs> they got, got a fridge that's got a, a, a ba- an oven and a freaking frappuccino machine inside of it. I'm just curious. This, this is what goes on through my head, people. I can't help it. <laughs> that's what. <laughs> I guess it's for like your basic white homeless people. I, uh, yeah. I gotta have my stars. Your cis male white, white <laughs> homeless, homeless people <laughs> that got you, you know, you and your mansion tents with your security. <laughs> It's just a pit bull missing one eye out there. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'll, oh. I'll stop. I'll stop. <laughs> okay. All right. We need uh, to do like an undercover documentary series about this now. Dude, I'll do it. I swear I will. Do we go uh, undercover as homeless people? Well, the good news is I feel like most homeless people wouldn't have phones. So the odds of them knowing who we were... I feel like would be less. We hire a makeup likely. artist to like really, and then like I got like a camera underneath my jacket. Yeah, so. yeah, maybe so. Okay, um, so n- the World Health Organization. Who? Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> nice. That was a dad joke if I've ever that heard was one. So stupid. All right, the new World Health Organization guidance now says gender is not limited to male or female. These are the people that are in charge of health. 
It's amazing how smart people are stupid. To couple that, um, there was this uh, professor. I can't. I can't remember the 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 the, the university that this lady is at. But but it's made the waves here. Um, They're basically at Senator Holly. He's questioning this professor uh, on on a woman, you know, what is a woman? What is a woman? What is a woman? And, uh, what happens next is pure, uh, just insanity. So this is where we are. And this is probably where we're going to end it on this one. Um, and we'll have the continuation of this episode first thing Friday morning. Um, uh, this is where we just listen to it. And we'll talk about the interaction after this is a minute, 47 seconds. Here we go. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Thanks to all of the witnesses for being here. Uh, before, uh, I, I want to visit with you, Ms. Metzke, but before I do, I just want to clear one thing up. Professor Bridges, you said several times, you've used a phrase, I want to make sure I understand what you mean by it. You've referred to people with a capacity for pregnancy. It, would that be women? Many women, cis women, have the capacity for pregnancy. Many cis women do not have the capacity for pregnancy. Um, there are also trans men who are capable of pregnancy, as well as non-binary people who are capable oh of pregnancy. God. So this isn't really a women's rights issue. It's a, it's, we can it's recognize a that this impacts women while also recognizing that it impacts other groups. Those things are not mutually exclusive. Women. There are, there are oh, women. So your view is, is that the core of this, this right then is about what? So um, I want to recognize that your line of questioning um, is transphobic. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. Up trans people to violence by not recognizing that. Wow, you're saying that I'm opening up people to violence by asking whether or not women are the folks who can have pregnancies? So I'm one, I want to note that one out of five transgender uh, persons have attempted suicide. We just so talked about that. Because of my us. line of questioning? Because so we can't talk about it? Because denying that trans people exist and pretending not to know that they exist I'm denying that dangerous. trans people exist by asking are you? you if you're talking are you? about women are you? having pregnancies. Do you believe are that? You? Uh, are you? Are you? No, I don't think women <laughs> So get you pregnant. are denying that trans people exist? Like and that leads to violence? Is this how you run your classroom? Are students allowed to question you? Absolutely. Or are they also treated like this? Where no, no, no. They're, they're told that to they're at opening up people to oh, violence. We have a good time questioning. in my class. You should join. Oh, I bet. You might learn a lot. Wow. I, I would learn a lot. I've learned you, a lot I just know. in this exchange. Absolutely. Extraordinary. Uh, that's it. I mean, <laughs> these are the people that are teaching. These are people that are teaching your, your children or your young adults. I, I actually just had a conversation with a close friend who's in college right now. Uh, and I just told him straight up. I, I think, I think college is a waste of time. I do. I, yeah. I, I think, I think college is a dead entity. Um, I'm very anti-college and, and, and some people get mad at me about that. And, and that's why I think that this is a good place to end this episode because up next, I mean, you know, we, we just got some things that are going to take some time on the next one, but I think this is a good place to end it. And, and here's why college, unless you're going to have, and this is Gary V too, unless you're going to have a scalpel in your hand, unless you're going to be defending criminals or unless you're going to be building buildings, why do you need to go to college? Honest, honestly, I'm, I'm, I'm asking you, like, 
why do you need to call it, go to college? Well, uh, what if you want to be a, a, a history teacher? Well, a lot of people would argue now, well, what history did you learn? Did you even learn the right yeah. history? Well, what if you want to be a, 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 an English teacher? Well, what, 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 what are words today? Like, like, you know what I mean? Like, what are absolute uh, things of definitions of the language, et cetera? I just think that it's pointless. And all you're doing is, all you're doing is opening yourself up or opening your children up. If your kids want to go to college, once they're 18, they're adults, they can make their own decisions, okay? What I'm getting at, the desire to go to college is ingrained in children by their parents. Yeah. It just is. I was never pressured to go to college, um, even though <clears throat> everyone on, you know, I was raised by my maternal grandparents. My mom had a master's. Uh, my grandfather had a master's. My grandmother had a master's. Uh, my my mother and my grandfather were both teachers. Um, I mean, very educated group. And I knew from the very get-go, I freaking hate school. I got no business going to school. Mm -hmm. It's not going to do a thing for me. And every single person I know that went to college, I'm doing better than them. And uh, I just, I am so anti-college because of this. You have 18-year-olds. Literally, think about this. Think about this for five seconds. So your kids turn 18. They graduate in May, okay? Two months later, in August, they're at a college campus hearing this in what is still some of the most impressionable years yeah. of their lives. Because they're figuring out who they are during this time. Correct. Do you know where they need to figure out who they are? Being at an apprenticeship or scrubbing the grease off the bottom of a fast food restaurant, learning what real life actually mm -hmm. is like. I am so anti-college. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I just am. And a lot of people get mad at me about this. So please, Graham at DearAmericaMedia.com. Let, let, let me know your thoughts. I, I, I just truly believe if you are pro-college, you should at least be pro-gap year. At least at least yeah. pro gap year. And then during that gap year, you should encourage your children to go work three, four different jobs in that year. Every quarter, they Get should go work another experience. job. Go work in construction. Go work in the food industry. Go work in some kind of uh, industrial type thing. And then, I don't know, what, what's another one? But what's uh, so stupid is college, like, they don't allow you to do the gap some type year. of trade right like like, yeah. like 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 some type of trade and and i think that colleges should be like unless you've had a gap year and you've got all these references from these type of things you can't even come here <laughs> because you you don't even have any clue what it is you want to do and that's another thing we're setting our children up for failure we're setting our kids mm -hmm. up for failure we're sending them to college most of them have no idea what they want to do and then no. they go getting huge amounts of debt yeah, and then they change their major three, four, five, six, seven times, and then they never finish. And then what they end up doing, they're just paying off their student loans for the rest of their life. It is pointless. And you also have to remember that college is not what it used to be. College used to be where you taught people how to think, not what to think. Mm. And nowadays, it's turned into this, this, this mechanism for all of the craziness that we see in today's society. So, 
That's all we have for this episode. Stick around tomorrow morning. Literally, first thing in the morning. Next part of this is coming on. Y'all better be there. Be there or be square. There's a dad joke for Zach. Thanks, guys, (laughs) so much for listening, and we'll see you all again next time.